Hey everyone, welcome back to The Reluctant Cruise, a One Piece rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Brian. With me is Steep. Nutrigrain bars are better than cliff bars, and you can fight me on that. I think I might. I definitely disagree with that. Well, it's been a while since I've had a cliff bar. You know what? We'll discuss this later. Also, with this is Slash. I haven't had a Nutrigrain bar since I was maybe like seven. I used to eat Cliff bars with my lunch every once in a while when I had a long day. But the only flavor I liked was the white chocolate one. And I don't have much else to say than that. They were very heavy, though, is the thing. I kind of stopped eating them because I had to divvy them up in like serving portions. So I was like, they're meant for one serving technically, like little squares. But I was like, this is kind of thick for a here first folks thick bars are a no-go unless they're white chocolate cliff bars well yeah okay i don't know when you hear this personally speaking i'm going through the ringer right now so if you feel so inclined send me like fucking i'm assuming maybe hopefully i'll be in a better position at that point just send me fucking animal pictures I really like quakas, those little mammal from marsupial, technically, I think, from the island off of Australia with, like, no known predators. So it's just like a animal that's happy to see everything. Really likes taking selfies. Send Brian marsupial photos. Send him all the furry porn you got. No, I didn't say that. Yeah, so One Piece is a yeah. thing that exists. That's what it this sure whole show is. is about. I hope it still exists and it's not just the memories of me along the way. But you know what? Also exists episode 67. Deliver Princess Vivi. The Luffy Pirates set sail. Back in the One Piece universe, we have come to the small island. We're in the Grand Line, by the way. For our people that haven't quite caught up, or if this is your first time listening, we're in the Grand Line, so go back and listen to all of those previous podcast episodes. Anyways, Luffy and Zoro continue their stare down. They're really, like, anxious. They got this tension in the, in the background. It's immaculate. Who... Who can really tell what's going to happen between these two friends? Or can I say former friends, maybe? Who's to say? But we do know this. They both knocked out number five. Or is it? Wait, it's not number five. It's Mr. Five, right? Uh, Yes, Mr. Five. Yeah, Mr. Five. And Miss Valentine just blowing them away. They're... They tumble around and they're down for the count. Vivi is completely stunned by their power. Just enamored at how powerful these people are. Oh my god, what's going to happen? Suddenly, Nami shows up and puts a stop right to the fight. With her own two fists. Gives them both knuckle sandwiches. Leafy kind of is just... Plex. What a funny mix-up. 
want you say anything, as he says to Zoro. And Nami tries to work out a deal with Vivi in order to deliver Princess Vivi back to her kingdom of Alabasta, asking for one billion berries. And if you couldn't see me, I was doing the uh, Austin Powers thing where it's like one billion. Although I think it's one million, but I think their money close enough designations are somewhat similar to like yen versus like a billion yen is about like a million dollars ish. If I'm doing the math right, I was always taught like take off a zero or two and guesstimate from there. Anyway. Yeah, take off two zeros or two digits, and that's your amount in USD. And that's conversion with money from our host, Clinton. Anyways, Vivi explains that Alabaster is in the middle of a civil war, and one side is being controlled by the Baroque works. They're literally prodding these people, hey, you should revolt. Hey, you should revolt. You should revolt. And it's, it's getting real tense. So Vivi explains that she had Igaram, her or the guard, the head guard, help infiltrate Baroque Works, where she learned that the utopian ideals that Baroque Works has were being just uh, kind of a, based on taking over Alabasta. So there had no depth to it at all, and they're just. Um, Taking over, pretty much, yeah, for lack of better words. Luffy asks the princess to reveal the identity of Mr. Zero. But Nami and Zoro are just kind of like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do that. We, he seems kind of like a threat, like we shouldn't have that happen. Vivi says that she can't tell him who it is because they'd never be able to match up against one of the Shichibukai which in Japanese means uh, seven warlords. Crocodile. Wow. There you go, folks. You just heard who Mr. Zero is. Slight. Pan in. Dun, 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 dun. Multiple moves of the camera. And Luffy's like, who is it now? And so, next thing you know, it happens to be the unluckies, Mr. Thirteen and Miss Friday. As they're watching this whole thing play out, they're taking notes and doing the whole thing. They're listening in. They fly off to inform their boss, Mr. Zero, a.k.a. Crocodile. However, Nami is in tears. Luffy and Zoro are excited. They're just stammering in it. They... Want to get going right now. Nami. She's still pretty depressed. They don't know what I look like. I'm leaving. And it just kind of goes about that way. And they're getting ready to leave. They're about to head off to Alabasta. And they're trying to make their plans. They're trying to get out of here as quick as they can. So that they won't get caught with uh, Princess Vivi. And she won't get kidnapped. Igaram. Appears. What's this? He's dressed like Vivi. And he comes in and he says, Hi guys, 
I'm the new Vivi now. Ma, ma, ma. It's me, Vivi. Has his hair all pinned back and true sight to see. As he goes on to explain the new plan that is about to be set and put in place. Igaram will take some dummies with him on the boat and head directly towards Alabaster, acting as a decoy, while Princess Vivi and the Straw Hat Pirates sail their way to Alabasta using the island hopping method. Nami is a little bit apprehensive. She just says, you know, we haven't even agreed to take Vivi yet. Since we haven't even really reached a deal. Luffy just instantaneously agrees and it just goes down as that. So they're taking Vivi and that's the end of it. Igaram then explains that due to Crocodile's Shichibukai status, Crocodile is legally recognized by the government. And doesn't have a bounty on his head. Though, he does add, it used to be 80 million berries. Nami has handed this thing called an eternal pose. Now you're probably thinking, what is an eternal pose? Well, that's a log pose that permanently points towards the island that it records. So, it's basically like a map always points you home. Vivi and Igaram part ways. It's kind of tragic, actually. They're just like, well, I hope to see you in Alabasta very soon. My, my, Vivi, I'll see you very soon in Alabasta. Ma, ma, ma. As they set sail, Vivi and the Straw Hat Pirates are just sitting on land. As they watch Igaram sail out there. And then boom, this massive fucking explosion. The next thing we know, we see the eternal poses in the water floating along. And seeing all this, Zoro and Luffy start rushing towards the ship, getting ready to go. Because apparently danger is here sooner than they thought. Nami tries to comfort the shell shock Vivi because she just saw her basically bodyguard get fucking nuked. Yeah. And so Vivi is very upset, and the Straw Hats are trying to get everything along and get out of there as fast as they can. I don't know if we've mentioned this, that during the middle of the show, there's this intermission time. Much like with most any kind of uh, anime, there's this kind of break in between. And... Throughout most of the intermissions, it's always been people shown having a wanted poster um, with a certain background theme, um, theme song, I, I guess you would say. And Vivi gets her own little poster insert, so that's something worth noting. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. I, don't, I was going to mention it at the end because I was like, wait, that's kind of notable, but we'll talk about that later. Anyways, afterwards, we come back right into the action. Luffy drags Sanji and Usopp right out of the bar, through town, knocking them unconscious in the process, beating them up in the entire way as they drag across the floor. Uh, as Luffy has a tight hold of 
Usopp's nose, and Luffy also has a tight hold of Sanji's leg as he's dragging him through town. And we pan back to Igaram's destruction. And in the water, we see this woman floating on a some sort of floating device. And she's wearing this cowboy hat. She kind of just dismisses like, ha 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 ha. This, your decoy, Igaram, was very foolish. Ha 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 ha. This woman's pretty ominous. So Nami's dragging Vivi along to the ship, but the princess somehow can't find her duck Karoo. And she can't leave him here. She has to take her duck Karoo with him. And then Zoro is on the uh, the ship, the merry-go, and he points to this creature. He says, this duck? Ah, why didn't you tell us sooner, Zoro, you idiot? Vivi, they all mount on the ship on the merry-go. Vivi tells them to take the tributary to get out to sea faster and briefs Zoron the amount of agents that can be thrown at them. Sanji and Usopp finally come to and whine about wanting to stay on the island. They're like, oh, I wish I could stay on the island. There's so many beautiful women, Sanji says. And Usopp was saying, oh, they're believing all my stories. A new voice tells him to watch out for the rocks, which somehow no one noticed until then. And then they're like, oh, oh, yeah, thank you, random voice. And then they realize they've been infiltrated. Ah! So they're all staring at this woman as she's basically being gunned down, slingshotted down, uh rubbered down because Luffy's also prepared to whack her, sorted down um, the whole nine yards. She's covered six ways till sundown. This woman, they find out her name is Miss All Sunday, who is partnered with the boss, a man himself, Crocodile. I say in the sub version, by the way. Vivi says that they discovered that Mr. Zero was crocodile by following Miss All Sunday back to him, which then the lady in the cowgirl hat corrects by saying, Ah, I let you follow me there. Yes, that was my entire plan the entire time. I wanted you to discover who. The boss was Mr. Zero. We then find out that Miss All Sunday has devil fruit powers. She tells him then that their log pose is leading them to an island known as Little Garden. It says that his dangers will kill them before Baroque Works does. But you know what? Luffy doesn't give a shit. So... We're still going to go there. However, Miss All Sunday then throws Vivi an internal pose to an island, which is one place right next to Alabasta. So if you think about the next island after this place, uh, I forget what the name of the, the island's called. 
Which island are you talking about? The one that uh, Miss All Sunday throws them in eternal pose while they're on the boat. Oh, no, like, nowhere in particular or something. It's like a weird run-on, it's like nowhere island or something like that. Oh, that makes a lot more sense now. Nanimo Naishima. Nanimo means nowhere or nothing, I should say. Place unknown to the broke works. Olivia then snatches the eternal pose and crushes it in his hand. Nami's like, what are you doing? We could have done something with that. And Luffy's like, I don't care. We're doing the island hopping. We're not following what she say. I'm the captain now. I've always been the captain of that. So we're going to go to Little Garden. Pulling rank. So Nami then sets course to Little Island. Luffy's quite upset at Miss All Sunday for killing Igaram. So... He refuses to accept any aid from this woman, thinking that she's a traitor. Miss All Sunday, though, says, Ah, ha, ha, ha. I hope to see you all again. That's if you survive. And she hops off the boat onto this huge turtle and sails in the opposite direction. Sanji and Usopp never up to speed, agree that taking Vivi to Alabasta well, they agree to taking Vivi to Alabasta because they're just kind of like dragged in. They're like, yeah, we're not going to let Vivi get taken by Baroque Works. That's shitty. So then the crew heads on to Little Garden. We're there. We pan into the island. And we see these, these many creatures. However, that's not what's most noticing the most noticing is the giant footprints in the mud on the island of Little Garden and that ends episode 67 I was thinking we lucked out and that there are a lot of things that happened in that episode because next two episodes are a lot lighter but we'll talk about that in a minute because this one was pretty solid I think it's cool we get to kind of see the stakes of what's going on and also the pacing of jumping island to island is now a lot faster in this like overarching i would call it like a mega arc because like alabasta is the final goal and obviously you know they pick up bb here at the start and we go forward from there hell even from when we met the other members in the um uh when we got when we were inside laboon before Things were kind of the the pacing is very good here. It's a little quick, but in a good way. It it helps this arc, which on paper seems long, not seem long, and I think that's a strong trait when you have fun stuff. So hell yeah, miss all Sunday first sighting. Let's go. Yeah, I was gonna say, this uh, miss all Sunday seems very very familiar to me, but I didn't remember that this is how she was introduced. So I need to piece together how I know her as and this introduction. There are many steps that I feel need to be reached between this point A and I guess we'll just call my vision of her point C or maybe point F. 
Who knows? It was a good episode. It needed... I just wanted to touch on just a small detail. So, they just really tacked on the comedy on this episode with how serious all the events were, quite frankly. For example, when Nami was saying, oh, they don't know what I look like, the Unluckies had just taken off, but it turns out, just as she rounds the corner, she sees, I guess it's technically like a sea otter, I, after I checked on what kind of animal Mr. 13 was. Mr. 13 draws a, like, real, realistic sketch of the crew, and it's like, oh, those are real lifelike. And then she starts crying, because, like, oh, they definitely know what all of the straw hats look like, including herself. So it's just... They just really went for the chuckles. Like, oh, this guy's definitely dead. Overall, I think it's a good episode. Uh, brings up a lot of good plot points. It's really dense, actually. Lots of information. Lots of good information at that. So, so I am going to take over with episode 68. Try hard, Kobe. Kobe and Helmepo's struggles in the Marines. We are back on the Mary. And the wind has died down, which means that the ship is very much dead at sea. So that's going to lead to this episode's framing device. So you see the crew trying to fish. And I say trying because apparently Luffy ate all the bait because Luffy eats everything. So he's like, well, we can't just like use the line. Why don't we have the duck do it? So then Luffy, and I want to say maybe Usopp and Sanji tried to like corral Karu into trying to get him to get into the water and get him food. And seeing all of this, Vivi is just still surprised that Luffy is this really goofy fuck has a bounty of 30 million but Nami starts to list off all of the people that they've beaten, like Arlong, Don Krieg, Kuro, and ending with Captain Morgan. Little surprise didn't bring up Buggy and Alvita, but whatever, I guess. No respect for the clown. But Doctor, I am Pirate Pagliacci. When they talk about Morgan, because Nami starts to bring up, they're talking about Morgan and Luffy is talking about Kobe, the pink-haired boy that Luffy started the beginning of the anime with on uh, Alvita's ship. And as Luffy is starting to tell the rest of the crew about Kobe, we cut to the boy in question. We see Kobe basically dictating a letter about how he is now a Marine officer. And he's telling Luffy about his voyages as he... Until you see this giant, monstrous version of Morgan who says, Kobe, I'm going to drag you to hell, or some variation of that. And this Morgan, like the real one, is stopped by a giant dream Luffy, because as it turns out, it's all a dream. Kobe somehow in this like 
I think the actual time span is like three or four months from beginning the show, right? Something like that? Yeah. Miraculously, in this less than a year's worth of time, Kobe isn't suddenly this mid-ranking Marine officer. He is still just a chore boy. Only this time, not for a pirate captain, but for the Marines. So, he's a chore boy, and he is working alongside Helmeppo, Morgan's son. Helmeppo is the type of person that slacks off on his chores while they're supposed to be going about doing their duties. And Kobe is a very dutiful boy. Pretty sure that's mostly his character, but also probably a little bit of the influence of Alvita terrorizing him. So Helmeppo reminisces about the good old days when he could just wield Morgan's influence as his own. So we see this cut of Helmeppo on a lounge chair ordering Marines around like, hey, go get me some snacks and drinks. Kobe tells him, because he brings him out of this little daydream, hey, you don't live like that anymore. We both have to work for what we want. But with enough effort, we can pull it off. And you have this swelling inspirational music, which is just immediately done away with because Helmeppo punches Kobe, ruins that moment in the middle of it, which is pretty funny, honestly. Kobe and Helmeppo are beating the shit out of each other. And eventually, they fall off the roof of this building and the tumble afterwards sets off a fucking cannon and destroys a building or two at the base that they're staying at. Somehow, the pair isn't kicked out of the Marines. They start to tell Rika, the little girl from the first few episodes, that Zoro went to jail for defending. They're telling Rika that, oh, we got in trouble. For some reason... They're friends with Helmeppo. It's all cool when Helmeppo tried to kill her with like a fucking dog. So anyways, the girl tries to cheer them up by saying, hey, here's this newspaper with Luffy on it. And you see Luffy running away from Smoker. And it says how finally pirates escaped from Logtown because up until this point, Smoker had like a 100% uh, record on catching pirates. So on their next assignment, Kobe and Hamapo learn that they are part of a task force that is transferring Morgan to Marine Headquarters Force Court Martial. Hamapo admits that he knows Morgan deserves to be charged, but he still hates the thought that his father's going to be punished in such a way because if he is successfully court-martialed, he is going to be executed. So Hamepo's tearful in the moment, you know, just, he's still my dad. So they go to the ship, and someone on the ship that they're on spots the arrival of the officer that they're supposed to be transferring Morgan to, and that officer's name is Vice Admiral Garp. Frankly, this dude looks like a fucking badass. He's built like a brick shit house. He's wearing some sort of dog mask. 
this dude is intimidating as fuck. And the motherfucker is asleep, apparently. Just standing up in this intimidating pose. But everyone's like, Vice Admiral? If we are using Luffy and Zoro as gauges, this dude is on another level of badass because Luffy and Zoro are just always fucking sleeping wherever they go. So Garp explains, like, hey, I've been up for five days. And the officer in charge of Kobe and Helmeppo is like, oh, we, we know that you are such a dutiful Marine. And Garp says, I've been trying to break this world record for eating donuts. And he goes back to sleep. Morgan's like, hey, old man, wake up. Wake the fuck up. Don't ignore me. Eventually, Morgan just lashes out, and Morgan fucking kills Garp. You see his blood splurting everywhere. Everyone's like, oh my god, what do we do now? Morgan takes Helmeppo hostage because, as he says, I don't need a son, I need freedom. So he sails away with his hostage on a dinghy, and the Marines are getting ready to fire on the little boat so that they can get rid of this prisoner finally. And Kobe jumps in front of them, and he is determined to stop the Marines, even if it costs, the, costs his own life. So the Marines are like, we're going to fuck you up. Get out of the way. And Kobe's like, no, that's my friend. I need to save him. Eventually, Kobe just jumps in the water in an effort to chase after Morgan. A Marine officer that came with Garp. I'm assuming it's his second in command. It doesn't give a name for him, I think. But he says, let's let him try. He's either brave and dumb or just dumb. So Garp rises up like a fucking vampire or like some sort of horror villain like Scream. Take your pick. And he smashes the fuck out of this cannon. Clearly, he is still quite alive. So we cut back to Morgan, and he's monologuing to Helmeppo about how he's going to take over the seas. And he tells Helmeppo to set a course west. But Helmeppo refuses. He says that Kobe actually tried to save us, you know. It is in that moment that Helmeppo decides that he is going to capture Morgan. Luckily enough for him, or at least kind of unlucky for Kobe, the pink-haired boy shows up at that moment. It's like, okay, cool, let's do this. You and me, Helmeppo, we're totally going to take down Captain Morgan, just the two of us. Obviously, if you remember, Morgan's big claim to fame was capturing Captain Kuro, which was actually a scheme of Kuro's. So, his big thing is a lie, but he's still pretty strong and intimidating. Life is a lie. At least Kobe and Helmet aren't going to die alone, I guess. Because as far as it seems now, they are just completely outclassed and will be killed by Morgan. The two boys keep trying to find a way, but Morgan is just way too strong. And as he's about to execute Kobe, 
he has a change of mind and just tosses the pair into the ocean saying, you aren't worth the time. So while they're in the water, Helmeppo vows to capture Morgan one day. And he makes this a very integral part to his future. Kobe and Helmeppo's supervisor apologizes for letting Morgan escape. He tells Garp, we're going to get rid of these chore boys as soon as we get back. Don't worry about it. Instead, Garp says, you know, they've got a lot to answer for, so I am going to take them with me to Marine headquarters, and I will personally be responsible for training them. With that, Kobe and Hameppo are now headed to the Grand Line. And that is the end of episode 68. What do you guys think? Damn, what a time, honestly. Like, I know that this episode is necessarily called mixed canon and mixed filler um but copper tell me have have you met vice admiral garp technically i think i saw maybe an episode i believe i know something about his connection but i decided not to probe further once we decided to do this podcast I just wanted to make sure because it was like. I am aware of his full name and this weird phenomenon in the One Piece world that I decided not to investigate further involving names and or initials. But yeah, it's just really weird. Like, I remember I think I was reading the manga at one point and I think they might have had. Usually what happens in the manga is that the very first page is just saying one piece and it has like a necessarily a picture depicting of certain characters or, or certain alternate timeline that's not taking place along with the main characters. And I think these two episodes are pretty much the same um, in that they're considered mong- like canon manga or manga canon, but they're more filler. Just because not they're not necessarily actually in the the manga, so um, so I don't know how I feel about this. Sometimes I feel like they're kind of like filler. Other times I'm like, eh, they're all right. It's whatever. It's it's still fun. It's just a break. But uh, I always love any kind of episode with Kobe. Kobe's a, a awesome dude. I gotta give my shout out to Kobe. Oh, so, yeah. And Helmeppo is kind of still a bitch, but, you know, he's Helmeppo. I was going to mention the um, mixed canon filler thing, so just keeping on track with those bits of info. So I'm assuming, because I always forget, because I've read, like, the very early parts of the manga, and then I started reading up to a point past when the time skip happened, because that's just, like, when I got current with the anime, and then I was like, wait, let me just get current with manga now and that's i've just always read and kept up until arcs are finished but where i was going with that is i don't remember if this is it but i'm assuming this being mixed canon filler is that uh we've mentioned it before but sometimes um oda likes to draw like side stories as the opening like chapter page panel so it's like oh chapter blank blank in the manga but it, he'll he'll draw like a little sketch. Sometimes it might just be nonsense like oh here's Luffy like doing a handstand with like a truck on his like 
head or something. I don't know, something like just random. I don't know, probably has never happened. But other times he'll do like tiny little short stories like, oh, here's these characters you like might be wondering about what's happening. So I assume those cover panels, which are usually taken to generally be canon if it's like a little sequence of events or where we got these kind of side adventures for Kobe and Kamapo. But since they are reoccurring characters, is technically canon it's just a little more it's a little more development for their progression versus there are our friend eric from dragonland warship island the filler arc geez i actually had to think really hard to remember that versus that is that's all contained in its own little filler bubble but this so it's like half half so yeah, this this is okay. It's a little bit of a, I don't want to say disappointment, but I was actually, after we finished the last episode and shipped off for Little Garden. Little Garden's really fun. So I was actually very excited to get there, but then I forgot that this was in between. I didn't even look until the episode had started. I was like, oh, I forgot about these. I thought this happens later. It's a fine enough episode. And yeah, Garp is the shit. Uh, your skills of observation, Brian, are good on that. He is... Someone who is important. Garp, Garp is not just some weirdo filler. Very much a strong B-list main character in the series. As in, not always at the forefront. But he is not, by any means, someone you were going to just like forget about. He's not Eric. So. <laughs> you forget Eric? Yeah, how, how could I, right? Anyways, I don't know. If you guys don't have any other thoughts on that, then... The nicest episode we've had so far, episode 69. Nice. Kobe Meppo's resolve, Vice Admiral Garp's parental affection. Straw Hats are still headed to Little Garden. And they're just kind of thinking about what kind of island it's going to be. I think Usopp and Sanji are kind of you know, just fantasizing in the way that they're like, oh man, even though things got kind of wild at the end, uh, Whiskey Peak was still cool. There's all there was that bar and all those girls there. Like maybe something like that will happen at Little Garden. But uh, they're all just kind of waiting, and it's just showing the flow of time as they go. They're kind of stretching. Nami is inside the eating quarters, and on the table, she's talking with Vivi, and Vivi is helping her sort of, what I assume is to map out a map of Alabasta while Sanji's cooking. And then that's going on. All of a sudden, Luffy is making noise outside, and it sounds like something exploded. And hey, what do you know? Luffy breaks the machine for the boat that I guess draws water up from the ocean for them. And there's some back and forth. It's, it's really just daily ship activities that are going on and hijinks. As they're resolving their little arguments, and obviously everyone is just leaning into their personality types, which Luffy breaking things, Usopp fixing them, Nami just ordering everyone around. A uh, news news uh, seagull comes by, or a news coup, as some people call them. They get the newspaper, and Nami starts to read as they all go inside to eat lunch. And then as she's reading, though, she sees something and decides to hide it from them, or kind of has a shocked look on her face, and we can't see what it is. But she turns away. I think Vivi almost notices and says, hey, what's up? And she says, oh, nothing. That happens since she turns a page or two, but then Luffy is poking his rubbery head right behind her. All of a sudden, it's like, aha! 
And Nami thinks that he has probably seen what she was trying to hide, but he actually sees a picture of the Marines. She's like, oh, yeah, that's just a Marine ship. No, that's Kobe and Homepo, which Nami never met them because that was in the very, very beginning. So only Zoro really knows who they are and what they look like. But yeah, there's a picture of them right where we left off in the last episode where they are begging for mercy at the feet of at the uh, yeah at the feet of Garp, and as he's deciding to take them on the boat. Now it's showing that time has passed. So that episode we were producing was a little bit earlier. This marine fleet with Garp has crossed over into Reverse Mountain, and Garp's back in the Grand Line. Obviously, Luffy's like, "Oh wow, he's making progress too. We can't slack now." Then you finally get a cut, and we go all the way back to the boys, and they are now at Navy HQ, and they are just in you know fields and barracks of soldiers training, doing everything they can, and they're definitely taken aback. This is Colby and Homepo. Their training begins, and uh, they are struggling, having a hard time keeping up because mostly they're still doing chore duty activities, and they haven't fully committed to training yet, but they're just seeing how the work ethic and uh, I guess intense nature of how it is at the Marine base is really not something to be messed with. But at the same time, I guess it's kind of nice to somewhat see Marines in this show being competent so far. And like they actually seem to be putting energy into training and all their various tasks that they're set forth to do. Normally, we usually see Luffy and the gang just trashing Marines as they come across them. And usually it's other pirates that have been the real threat so far. We haven't seen too many, I guess, quote-unquote, stronger Marines. It's kind of just grunts and then maybe a random uh, stronger one every once in a great while. But for the most part, it's usually just grunts that they're just plowing through for the sake of get out of my way. So that either speaks to the strength of the Straw Hats or it just means that the Marines are incompetent. But at least seeing them have training montages is something to think about. But anyway, Kobe and Huepo definitely struggling to keep up and they feel overwhelmed. Uh, Homepo is definitely not sure about however, how everything is going. Uh, so Kobe gives him a bit of an inspirational speech as they're kind of hiding and taking a break at uh, one point in one of their days. But then Garp finds them as they are doing such. Uh, and he's still wearing his, his goofy-ass dog hat hoodie, which, I mean, is really weird. But at the same time, it does make him look kind of cool. So I can't really complain about that. Anyway, he finds them. Hope you boys, uh, hope you boys aren't uh, thinking of deserting me or anything. I was the one who brought you here. You know, I, I don't want to hear any of this crazy, you know, this, this quitter talk. But then Kobe stands up and he's just like, "No, no, no. We'll be fine. We'll do anything. We'll overcome any challenge you put forth to us." And he's like, "Oh, really? Anything, huh?" And he starts thinking of things to do. But then, as this is happening, we get a really, I guess, kind of dramatic, like abrupt but sensible cut that goes all the way back to the town where they're from, uh, Kobe, Kobe's town. And um, you see uh, the lady and then her daughter, uh, Rika, I think it is, in the bar. Uh, it's, yes, yeah, the bar owner and her daughter being informed that, oh, yeah, Kobe went out to Garp's, to be under Garp's unit at the Marine HQ and be under his training. And then little girl Rika is just really sad. And she's, you know, play-punching the Marines who are informing them because they're just relaxing and they're just letting her know because they're just citizens so they have no reason to be hostile towards them. But yeah, the little girl, Rika, is just sad that she can't play with them anymore. Uh, but it's just, it's this weird, cute little scene where it just shows that they at least, like, had so, sort of an impact in the town that they were in since things had gotten a little better before they had left. Anyway, 
Uh, we cut back to Corbin Homepo. They're still cleaning the base, doing their same duties, all that good stuff. Homepo's even just wondering if Garp enjoys, as he says, tormenting youths who he picks up just to mess with them. And you know what? Garp seems like he might be the asshole to just do that. He's like, hey, I'm going to whip you damn kids into shape. They're even talking about how Garp, even though he's a goofy old man right now, he's always known as Garp the Fist. Anyway, there's more of a cleaning and training montage, and then they are finally seen in their little barracks room in which they are discussing some goals before sleep. And then finally, as they're going back and forth, uh, how Meppo declares that he wants to bulk up and get stronger, not just so their chores will be easier, but because he wants to surpass his dad. He obviously doesn't have a very good relationship with his father, especially his father being pretty blunt in the last episode about how he's just like, nah, you're not my son. Get out of here. He's like, damn, totally shafted. But he's like, you know what? I'm not going to let that get me down. I'm going to get stronger, like use this marine life to my full advantage, and boom, we're going to come back and smash that motherfucker. And at first, Kobe's like, that seems really awful. I don't know if you can do this, but... At the same time, Homepo doesn't back down for that. Kobe's like, no, you know what? You're right. I'm being a coward like I was before. He's like, I'm going to do this with you. Let's see who can train the hardest. And then you get a real training montage that starts. It's basically them, you know, putting in all their efforts to not only keep up with their chores and everything, but actually build some strength and stamina. And Garp is obviously there watching them all the way. Um, and then there's one point in the training montage later on where Garp somewhat overhears them talking about Luffy. And eventually he's like, wait, who are you guys talking about? Why don't you come and tell me? And eventually Kobe being the earnest person he is as they have walked down to the beach as a, I guess, a secret place where not everyone was around to hear them talk about uh, who Luffy was. Cause the context being that if a Marine is a friend with the pirate, that's just, that's not good. But he starts to just, fess up and be you know true and not hide anything to be honest to garp especially because garp is the one giving them this big chance but then helmepo joins in he's like no i also know luffy he's an acquaintance of ours but especially of kobe and he's like hmm you know what i mean i can't have that but at the same time garp asks them like oh but you guys want to be marines right you know you know you can't have this but this is what you want isn't it and they say yes and he's like you know what why don't you prove it to me? So they just start to have a sparring match on the beach in which suddenly they ensue in a uh, Yakuza-style fight. All of a sudden, Yakuza, the video game series, anyway, in which uh, shirts just suddenly fly off and everyone is you know, bare-chested, skins only, and then they're just going at it on the beach and they just both run. And suddenly, I mean, you can tell at least their training has kind of been paying off because you can see some definition in their forms and they're just going in on Garp. But, of course, because Garp, goofy as he is, is still a Marine Vice Admiral, which is one of their highest rank. He uh, stops them in their tracks and parries most of their move. And they keep trying to knock him off and get in on him and you know, land some hits. But he's just mostly playing with them at that point. But he's still impressed by their boy's desire to own up and try and move up in the Navy and how Kobe wants to be a Navy officer. But eventually. They land a really good punch on him, and he's like, damn, okay, I acknowledged your resolve. And then he goes on about his reason for bringing them there to train and why he thinks that they they have potential. You know, it's better than wasting your life out there. But 
that all being said, they still have a very long way to go, and he believes in them, but at the same time, they just got to keep working. But anyway, their training continues, and he acknowledges that the secret about Luffy is just between them. Uh, maybe Garp has more secrets about Luffy in the future? I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see. But that's kind of it. That's mostly where we leave Kobe and Helmepo. They are in just the training, doing their Marine thing now. They're officially in the ties, and they're under Big Bad Garp. So that's pretty cool. And then as that wraps up, we cut back to the Straw Hats, which means we're finally headed to Little Garden. And the last thing we see is Nami stuffing that newspaper away into a drawer. Uh, and we still do not, in this episode anyway, find out what is on that newspaper that she didn't want everyone to see. Obviously not the pictures of uh, Kobe and Homepo, but whatever it was that she was looking at before. We see her just wrap the newspaper up. And they're about to go to bed. She puts it in her little drawer uh, nightstand by her bed. And that's about it. Cuts off and it's uh, decontinued. What do you guys think? A solid episode. Uh, I love the fight scene between uh, Garp and Helmepo and Kobe. And so in doing that, it's just super, super animated. Well, it is anime. But it's just super fun. It's nice and relaxing. And it has a nice little break to it um, before we start getting into Little Garden and the rest of the Alabasta um, journey. So I like it overall, even though it is kind of filler-esque, but it's still fun. I don't know how long passes from the beginning of their training montage until the end, but in that time span, they got really fucking ripped. Like, Kobe and Helmepo are still... Actually, I think Kobe's even grown a few inches but they're both just fucking ripped man very muscular which is very weird on Kobe's body and you see them just fighting Garp like they went from being One Piece characters to being Dragon Ball characters basically yeah that was good I like Garp I feel like his strangeness may have rubbed off on some other characters that we have seen and will maybe only rub off on Kobe and Homepo. I don't know. I'm sure you guys do. But what a what a weird man. Yeah, no, it's, it is. It, Garp is a guy. And I, I kind of like these little interim chapters like this. Like, see, I don't mind One Piece filler when it's characters we know about see at some point again even if they're like b-listers in terms of the attention they'll get that's fine because like oh these are characters that we know and we will see again versus again characters that we may not ever see again because they get left in filler bubbles and islands but a fun little interim before we jump into another fun island of serious stuff that is going to be it for us today steve what do you have to plug at Steve Horniak, S-T-E-V-E-H-O-R-N-Y-A-K, just my name. What about you, Slash? Uh, well, I don't talk about dog legs on my Twitter, but I have a Twitter. It's just at Roblink. That's most of my other social stuff, but Twitter is kind of the main thing I mess around with these days. And uh, I also stream. I've started streaming again. I will be, uh, well, by 
by the time you hear this, it will not be Valentine's Day tomorrow. But at the time we are filming this, it is Valentine's Day tomorrow. Uh, so I will be streaming a game about uh, Valentine. So that should be pretty fun. Yeah. Either way, oh, my stream is uh, twitch.tv slash you can find me on most social media platforms with the handle at El Tubacabra. That's E-L-T-U-B-A-C-A-B-R-A. You can find the show on Twitter with the handle at Reluctant Cruise. On Instagram with Reluctant Cruise Podcast. And if you want, you can email us by sending it to ReluctantCruise at gmail.com. So that's it. Have fun on that cruise.